0: Today on This Week in Pop, movies that don't leave the room. Isolated
1: thrillers. That's what Get used to the name. It's going to be a thing. Is that a section in Blockbuster? It should be. Mm. That one that's left. Yeah.
0: Also, uh, TV shows that are coming back, TV shows that shouldn't come back, and TV shows that they just keep bringing back. To stop doing <laughs> it. That's today on This Week in Pop.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by MoviePass. 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 still a thing. Yeah. Three million subscribers. I use it. Do you use it? I do.
0: Frequently. Frequently. Like, you're too the, frequently. You're the reason it might go away someday. No, I'm the reason that's in business. Ah. Eh, I agree to disagree. <laughs> you can try MoviePass right now and support this podcast all at the same time. Nine- wow. Wow. Thanks, guys. $9.95 a month. Unlimited movies. Go to thisweekinpop.com dot com slash movie pass. That's thisweekinpop.com dot slash movie pass. Hello and welcome to This
1: Week in Pop. I'm Tommy West. Maxwell, that was uh, jarring. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I, I didn't know how else to do it. It was good. It, yeah. caught, it caught my attention. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been two uh, weeks. Two, two weeks. I had to. I had to go on a little jaunt. Yes. I'm back. Yes. Although we're missing. Jenna. Yeah, she forgot we were back this week. That's uh, cool.
0: She's actually sick, and it's funny. I feel bad because uh, I've, I, there's a few people who've had the flu and the cold. I've had people in my family who have a cold, and it's like in June. It's weird. It's like when in summertime, you're not supposed to be sick in the summer. Yeah. Save that for the winter when there's nothing else to do. Nobody in my family gets sick. I've
1: never been sick. Yeah. That's no. never happened. No, that's Ever? That's true. No, never. Huh. I'm just getting more healthy. It's uh, kind of odd. Every day.
0: Uh, lots to talk about. You know how much we've, uh, I think... If we've now counted, I think over the past three episodes, we've somewhere somehow always mentioned uh, Solo. And I don't get why. I
1: don't (laughs) like that we're talking about this all the time. We somehow get roped in. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I think because it's such an anomaly that... uh, um, anomaly? Am anomaly? My I Anomaly, but I liked
1: anomaly. That's okay. fine.
0: Um that like we, a metal. See, sometimes I'll mispronounce things on purpose. Sometimes I do it
1: accidentally. That was accidental. It sounded accidental. Um
0: But um it, the fact that it, it's it's a Star Wars movie in a tanked, and it's funny too. Um I, I I had a day off and my son was home from school. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go take him to go to the movies. And I was like, I'll take him to go see solo and then oh, I like, so you went. No, then I was like, eh, I don't really want to see that. <laughs> what did you wind up seeing? I didn't see anything. I was like, ah, forget the movies. Great. That's a bad
1: idea. Like you left him, like like Michael leaves George Michael on the stairs <laughs> of hey, the fishing buddy. tip. Something came up.
0: Even better is the fact that, keep in mind, again, I have a movie pass, so I don't, I don't I'm
1: not really. It's not really, a matter of money. It's right. just laziness <laughs> that you didn't want to go like, spend time don't with don't your wanna. son.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still spend time with him. It was just that I don't want to spend time with him watching that thing. <laughs> And, um, I didn't know this, but, uh, Ron Howard wrecking, I guess is, has recognized sort of
1: half ass apologized for the lack of success for the movie. Cause yeah. it has, I mean, still made over a two hundred and three $180 million domestic, yeah. which is sort of in the equivalent of tanking in the star Wars universe, yeah. uh, about half of what rogue one made. So, yeah. I mean, it tanked, it didn't make the money they was supposed to make yeah. for a star Wars film. And there's. Several reasons as to why people think it is. Like the drama that's all around it, eighty-five percent of people who go see movies don't pay attention to what's happening behind the scenes. Only right. nerds like us focus yeah. on the drama happening backstage. Right. Uh I don't think that had a lot to do with it. I don't I wouldn't be surprised if if you asked over half the people if they knew that the original directors of that were the the Millers, right. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, or the other way around. <laughs> We never get it right. Yeah. Uh, they would never know that. Yeah. Like, so I think it's just fatigue. I think yeah. it's too much Star Wars mm-hmm. and people need a break.
0: I, th- I think it's a combination of those things, but also the fact that even even drawing you in, like I think Rogue One had it was exciting because it was this prequel story of like what happened leading up to the beginning of A New Hope, mm-hmm. you know, the whole the first scene you ever see in, in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and so there was there was a there was a thrill there there was an excitement of like oh what is that story no one ever really questioned han solo's story before like it, he he just shows up and he is his personality you're not like no one was really asking oh what are his origins where did he come from why is he the way he is yeah and even if that's the case of like that's the, those things are explained easily in like one line quotes in another movie somewhere.
1: Sure. We don't need an entire movie built around him. No. In fact, a friend of mine uh, said it'd be funny if they did like uh, Kurt Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy. They just made Harrison Ford CGI to play his younger self, although he'd never agreed to it. But yeah. I would pay to see that version. Yeah. Much sooner than I'd pay to see what's out there now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Um, so uh, that is interesting. Speaking of sequels and prequels and things, the quills, the quills, in the world of television, and I feel bad because I I I'm not a fan of Game of Thrones necessarily. As in, I, I am. Never, you have? Oh yeah, you, I love it. Oh, I didn't know you oh, were. Yeah, that we much just never really talk about it because you guys always talk about Westworld. <sighs> uh, I love Westworld. Which, by the way, that is heating up. <sighs> Save that for next week when Jenna's back, though. But uh, are you excited? There
1: is a Game of Thrones prequel. I don't care. <laughs> 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 I- I've never liked prequels. I've never liked deviations of original shows. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. I was having a conversation with a, a different friend about how I don't think there are that many good spinoffs. And they, you know, they brought yeah. up Frasier and Better Call Saul. And sure, I mean, yeah. yeah, those are great, but they're very few and far between compared yeah. to the, all the other types of prequels and right. spinoffs they've tried to make and have failed spectacularly. So uh, I'm sure it'll be fun. It'll be a nice replacement, like a methadone for Game yeah. of Thrones. People who are withdrawing and they want new Game of Thrones type yeah. stuff. But it won't be the same.
0: I I think because the show is the the show
1: is coming to an end, right? Yes, there is planning. I believe it's the last season's coming up. There's going to be six to eight episodes, but they're going to be movie length. Okay, so they're like these little mini movies that you are going to yeah. get, and that's amazing to me. They filmed multiple endings with the, each oh. cast member, so nobody really knows what the real ending well, is, which is great. I, yeah. hope I hope they release all of those. I hope they release a choose-your own adventure. That'd be and cool. Then you get to like choose how it like ends. Like a Goosebumps esque yeah. movie or is that how show worked. Yeah, and oh. Goosebumps, you got to choose your own ending, in some of them wasn't a scholastic kid. No. The checks always bounced. Yeah, reading stuff I know. Uh, I know. Um,
0: but no. Uh, well, the one thing I was reading is the fact that. Um, and i guess i guess this is sort of a nod to religion a little bit but what they're doing is saying like they're like these mythical legends and stuff in the show Mm -hmm. like people that you never ever see what they discuss or talk about like sure the great blah 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 sure um they're gonna basically go back and show you how like that entire story was BS and sort of like (laughs) like some guy kept exaggerating the story to his friend and then his friend exaggerated it to the point where like there are these there's a giant beast with like fire breathing dragon and in reality it was like someone lit a fire in front of like an alligator
1: sounds an awful lot like religion (laughs) So maybe that, maybe that's a, maybe that's a uh, a way they're going with it. I'm interested in that. I hadn't heard that was the angle they're going for. Yeah. Um, I think Game of Thrones comes out next summer, not this summer, but they're filming now Mm -hmm. and I would assume the prequels, I I wouldn't be surprised if they aim to air them right after Game of Thrones. Yeah. So that seems to be their goal. And you said two of them got greenlit so far or
0: almost greenlit? Um, so one of them, I think the pilot was greenlit, Mm -hmm. um, trying to like breeze through some of this stuff. Some, um, Yeah, I guess I guess that's going to be coming. And then I guess they're I mean, HBO in general, I think they're just kind of looking for like, where do they go from here? Mm -hmm. Right. They're looking for successor shows, they call them. Yeah. Um, Well, speaking of
1: that, I've actually uh, I watched Barry in its entirety. finally, and I loved it. Right. I I take back what I said. It picked right back up. Uh, The direction it went was not where I thought it was going. Yeah. It's interesting to see Bill Hader take this kind of role. I don't I don't envision him doing this. But now that I see it, it's great. He's doing a fantastic job. He's not, you know, this deadpan, uh, schlocky sketch actor that we normally take him for granted. Yeah. He's delving into this role really well. Yeah. All right. So
0: I'm going to, I'm going to just announce right out of the bat, like this, where I'm going to throw spoilers and stuff out here because I would really like to talk about Barry. It's only eight episodes anyway. If you haven't seen it yet, stop right here. Go watch the entire thing. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, th- what's really interesting is a lot of people talked about how the how the show essentially wrapped. Like, you could if this show was never ever going to like if that was it, if it was just one season, like one thing, and that's it, it wrapped in a really cool yeah. way. Um, and then I think uh, NoHo Hank just stole the show. Mm-hmm. Like, had, that his character was might have been my favorite of of anything. Yeah, but yeah, the show was so well written. Um, I didn't expect it. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the other thing too, is I started reading a lot of scripts. This is how I, 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 I do read <laughs> once in a while, but I started reading, um, a lot of other Alec Berg, HBO stuff. And he has such a specific style of writing. What that, else has
1: he been on? What's his other HBO shows?
0: Um, I mean, he's pretty much done like, uh, Entourage, Ballers. Okay. Um, I forget. There's a, there's a few others on his resume. Was oh, good-
1: um, uh, Silicon Valley. Okay. It's Alec Berg as well. But it's funny because like to me, Barry doesn't seem like it's a ballers or a Silicon Valley or an entourage. It's very much seems different. So I'm surprised that Alec Berg is he, he's one of the key writers on it. He's one of the creators. Interesting. But,
0: but I, there's a, there's a certain pacing there to, yeah. their, to okay. the HBO shows mm-hmm. where, where, you know, you're sort of left off at the end with this like cliffhanger and then he punch you with the, you know, a soundtrack at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like a signature HBO thing at this point, but in reality it's kind of a signature Alec Berg thing. But yeah, Barry was kind of a, out of nowhere. I did not expect that coming. And I actually read the original script to Barry. And I will say, I'm really, really happy they flushed out his character because in the original script, he spoke a lot more. There was a lot more into his personality. He was a lot more of a dick. Like, he was a lot more of a regular person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think by the time it made it to the version of Barry you see in the show, he is a little bit more closed off. He's a little bit of a, a, you know, a weird social guy. Rightfully so. And I think that works better than where they originally started the character. They started the character where he's just a guy who's like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. He had never met his handler. And, uh, it was a very different show, but, um, yeah, if you haven't
1: seen Barry, just go watch. Just go it watch is it, always yeah. fun to see how they flesh certain things out from the time they write the initial pilot to what the actual result is. Yeah, like even with Game of Thrones, like they shot that pilot and it tested so poorly they really? reshot the entire thing. Wow, everything was redone. Yeah, and I would pay a lot of money to see that original <laughs> pilot because I just want to see what went so wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of Game of Thrones, uh, Game of Thrones fans would. They wouldn't, you know, it's not something you would hate on. Yeah, it's you know, people. I mean, I guess it, it would be cruel to go back and yeah. bash it, but there was a reason why they reshot it so yeah. i think at some point it would be fun to see what they were yeah reshooting
0: and it's really interesting too because you know i i think we've talked about like other shows um ap bio being, being one of them where it takes some time to flesh out the characters of a show and the nuances to to people still uh, waiting for that
1: to happen for ap bio <laughs> it's gonna it take a while
0: but, like, even if you go back and, like, watch The Office or Parks and Rec, yes. like, yeah. it took a good... I mean, the first seasons of both of those shows were, like, what, eight episodes? Yeah, six six to eight. Six to eight. Um, And then they sort of found themselves. You know, Michael Scott was more of an ass than he was, like, a like a fool yeah. for the fir- beginning of it. And then he
1: sort of turned into, you know, a giant child. Yeah. A man-child. And, and Leslie Nope was more of a Michael Scott in season one. Right. And then they sort of fleshed her out into a little bit of more of a, a sane person who's yeah. just lovable. But, you know intense. Yeah.
0: And, and
1: sometimes they do
0: that through that process through actually like, you know, writing episodes, filming them, seeing what the character is. I got to tell you, I mean, if you watch Barry, that is flushed out. I mean, it's, it's eight episodes or 12 episodes. I forget how many episodes, eight. uh, it is fleshed out and that character is, is rounded and has depth. And I think that's what made it work so well. The show as written goes back to like, I think it was like 2016, they started writing that show uh, in, like, in, like, the summer, and then one of the revisions that I actually read was down in, like, December 2016. Hmm. Um, They only filmed it last year, so, you know, another half a year or so later, they ended up fleshing out this character and, like, pulling out, you know, like, no, don't make him such an asshole. Make him sort of, like, a, you know, reluctant guy. And Mm -hmm.
1: And they um, renewed it for season two already, right?
0: Yeah. So there you go. But the show, the show wrapped up in a way where I'm like, I don't even see how they can come back from this. <laughs> well, you're going to get it. That's what happens. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, it gets dark. And they actually they actually said it's going to get darker in the next season, too. I'd like to see that. I'm on board with it now. Yeah. Um, on to some other movie things. You uh, binged watch some stuff, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Didn't you, Maxwell? I was away this weekend, and uh, I delved into the weird world of Netflix B-movies, the ones they don't <laughs> recommend to you. Yes. <laughs> you dig around. And uh, one thing that I found interesting, is there's a lot of these uh, sort of, I don't know what the right term is, but I, I, I dubbed them isolated thrillers. These are ones that usually take place in in one location for the entirety of the movie. Ooh,
0: like the room.
1: Sort of like- Or room. No, not, not the room, room. And room. even room took place in other places, but the first portion of room did in fact take place in a room. You're right. right. What about what about 10 Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane? That uh, is sort of like an isolated throw. Okay. We're talking sort of the 10 Cloverfield Lanes, but they're not- Not as popular. Like, that was a very popular movie. I'm talking about ones that came out 20 years ago, right to Netflix, and uh, (laughs) there's this this whole world of them, and I watched about three of them, and one of them in particular was actually a really good movie called Cube. Uh, It was in 1997. It's got a a cast of six people, and they wake up in what is essentially this massive cube-like thing. Okay. And each area in each cube, there were four other cubes connected to that cube and there were traps. So you had to be careful which room, which next cube you went into. There were like certain tests you had to, you know, they had to throw their boots to find out if it was a safe room. (laughs) And there was a, there was a guy who was an escape artist. There was a cop, there was a doctor, there was a student, there was these different people and they always find out how they're connected and how they help each other is trying to escape this certain doom they find themselves in so can i tell you what the tagline for the movie is sure it's uh don't look for a reason look for a way out yeah and they try (laughs) to find a way out and you'd be surprised how well this can keep you entertained for an hour and 40 minutes of what is essentially the same room they're in all the time like they only shot probably three total cubes (laughs) they're right but the way they made this up there were like thousands of them uh, and the concept was very, very interesting to me. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's the same guy who did a, a not-so-good movie called Splice with Adrian Brody, where they, uh, they they find a creature and raise them, raise the, the alien. Uh, he's done some other weird things. But if you have time, I highly recommend checking out Cube on Netflix. The other one I saw— Which,
0: by the way, like, i just, just let you know also, and, and maybe this will help explain it. Sure. It, it is a Canadian sci-fi film. <laughs> It went to the uh <laughs> Toronto International Film Festival. Yeah, it did. Uh that's where it was shown. Well and, uh it won the award for uh, best Canadian first feature film at the 1987 Toronto
1: Film Festival there you go, there you go. if that's not uh, award enough for you yeah. award worthy
0: did, when, when the movie started you, if you watch the trailer does it have those like uh, festival like like
1: re- glee- uh, leafy I things on I the didn't, side I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't watch the trailer but yeah. I'm sure it does Toronto International Film Festival winner <laughs> a Canadian fruit there's like, no nobody famous in it no one I recognize um, but a highly entertaining movie so uh, you should yeah. go check that out the other one not as good but still pretty interesting was called i think circle okay a lot of, a lot of one word <laughs> i was gonna shapes. say circle cube stuff like that circle uh revol- they're paying by the letter here yeah the, they uh, you know they're they're stingy this was a cast of 50 people all very different ethnicities and races and genders all wake up in a certain room and they're all facing each other and they're in these sort of red circles and every two minutes someone dies And they slowly realize that they have the power to vote on who dies and whoever gets the most votes after two minutes, they die. If they don't vote for anybody, someone random dies. If there's a tie, there is a tiebreaker and one of them has to choose which one dies. (laughs) We don't know why. We don't know what they're doing there. But in the span of 90 minutes, they had to sort of figure out why they're there, who should survive and uh, the roles they take is actually pretty interesting. There are some certain things that come out and very much psychological. You know, at first they, they try and vote out the elderly people because they're going to die anyway. Okay. But then the, there's, there was a douchebaggy college guy who came up with the idea, gets voted out because he's a douchebag. OK. So it was an interesting concept to see which one in the end survives. Now, how do they all die? Like
0: crazy they sort of just like or? get
1: like a, uh, some Zaps. little zap and ah. they get, you know, the, out of the circle. Yeah. Almost voted out, Mm. but with death.
0: Um, It was inspired. This is according to Wikipedia. It was inspired by the 1957 drama Twelve Angry Men. So it's like it's kind of like Twelve Angry Men, but with death. But with death, (laughs) and then not the not the jury choose. Yeah, sort of. Uh, Also, uh, I'm looking at the names in here. The only one that pops
1: out to me is Julie Benz. Yeah, Julie Benz, the one from Dexter. It plays a role in this yeah. uh, this this psychological thriller. She's, circle. she's not
0: even the top build either. She's, she's not. like she's like deep in there. She
1: is in it for a little bit, but uh, I will spoil that she is not the lone survivor. Ah, oh, damn. Yes. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Uh, what else she got
0: other than uh, Twelve Angry Men? But <laughs>
1: but in a circle. The other one I watched uh, the last of the three, and this is not a shape, but it is one word. is uh-huh. called the exam. <laughs> <laughs> they really are paying by the letter. Uh, this one was about uh, six people, I think six or eight people in this room trying to compete for this ultra lucrative, competitive job with this amazing company. But they don't really know much about it. They know okay. that it's very well, you know, highly sought. They want everyone wants this job. It pays very well. And they alluded to this is like a sort of a, a world that doesn't have a lot of employment. So this is a very, you know, people want to get this job. They uh, get meet, greeted by a man called the uh, the, the narrator or the uh, interpreter and he okay. says that you have to answer one question in 80 minutes they turn over the piece of paper that they all have there's no question on it Ooh. what's the question there are like three rules they have to abide by they can't ruin their piece of paper they can't leave the room and they can't hurt the narrator they can't hurt him right. who's, who's talking about the rules uh, and their goal is to try and figure out what the question is and what the answer is and uh, it's a lot shorter than the other ones. I think I think it's actually 80 minutes, but it's very entertaining. I like the concept of these one room, sort of like what the hell is happening. Let's figure it out in a short amount of time.
0: So I have a question. So the
1: exam is 80 minutes. Yes. And the movie's runtime is 101. Oh, well, I mean, they said they have 80 minutes. So maybe there was there was more. So I'm going to say so. I'm not going to give away okay. everything. <laughs> you watch these one world, one okay. word, one shape movies.
0: Well, I have a question. I mean, it's it's not in the same, uh, and
1: anyone famous in that, by the way? Uh, one guy from that movie, the guru. If you ever saw that, that's a very deep <laughs> reference with Heather Graham. Yeah. That guy's in it. Oh geez. That's about it.
0: Is it uh Jimmy mystery? What? Yes. He was in uh East is East, blood diamond, the guru no, West haven't. is West. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess. Ella enchanted. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's the guy.
1: That's him. Jeez. Um, you'd be oh amazed how many of these movies there are, and they're all fantastic. And you should watch all of them. I'm always interested, like
0: you know. Here we are, like t- giving a lot of conversation to uh, a movie like Solo. Who, like, you know, did it win? Did it get back its budget, or did it not get back its budget? You know, this movie had a six hundred thousand dollar budget. That we're talking about the exam, your, mm-hmm. your, your, not, not room, the exam, sorry, exam, exam. Right. We don't want to, they're paying by the letter. right. You're yeah. giving them you know. 75% more than they're yeah. worth. And the X is also free because it's a, <laughs> it's a rarely used letter. Um, but it has $600,000
1: budget, which I feel like is a very attainable budget. Do you think it made it, its money back? I would like to think that it did. I would imagine Netflix, if it's on Netflix, they pay a certain amount of money to get this, uh, Get this movie on there. Yeah. And that's what's great about these movies is there's really not a lot of production budget or even yeah. staff budget or, you know, you don't, you're yeah. not paying. You're not getting well-known actors. Right. You're not doing expensive sets. You're in a one room. Yeah. And the fact that you can create a well-crafted story that takes place in yeah. one room is pretty impressive. Well, they did get Jimmy Mystery. So it was uh, a big deal back then. I don't know when this room. movie was made, but 2009. it's, there not you that go. long. it's a good year <laughs> for <laughs> go. isolated thrillers. Um, so if you have a chance, go check them out. I think all three are on Netflix. Let me know uh, what you think of them. By the way, a uh, very uh, side note on that, but
0: I, I didn't see it, but I, I feel like I want to now. If it's in, it, it seems like it's sort of in this genre of like bottle movies. It's like bottle episodes, but bottle movies.
1: I called them isolated
0: thrillers. Isolated thrillers. thrillers. Okay. You. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, What was the movie? It came out last year where they were like trapped in their office. Like a lockdown. Oh, uh, the Belko
1: experiment. Belko experiment. I liked that that movie. movie. That was a good movie. Okay. But that was an entire building. Yes. That wasn't so much Nicely isolated thriller and that did have a bigger budget. I think it was the same guy who did Cabin in the Woods. It had some well-known stars. The guy from Scandals in it. uh, Tony Goldwyn. um, James Gunn's brother is in it. I think he plays a big role. Michael Rooker's in it. The guy who plays uh the, the blue guy in Guardians it of the Galaxy. It was a James Gunn
0: movie. Oh it was. James Gunn wrote it.
1: He didn't direct it. He though. didn't
0: direct it. No. It was uh, directed by uh Greg McLean. I
1: don't know who that is. But uh oh. yeah, it definitely had the vibe of a James Gunn movie. That is an isolated thriller. I love that term. But <laughs> that had a little more of a budget than most. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm gonna check, so that. Yeah, I check that out. So yeah, that's the list of uh isolated thrillers. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out.
0: Good. Um what else we got going on? Oh, by the way, uh, uh I want to just uh, touch on this before we get out of here also. Um, an abbreviated episode, if you will. Reboots and things. We talked about it briefly um with, you know, TV shows that were rebooting uh, or spin-offs and things like that. Um Actually, so one of the things that came out this week also was that uh, NBC executives uh, said they would—they don't want to do these reboots. They don't—they don't, they don't want to. That's bring a back. lie. Well, it's I boldface lie. I, I mean, this is what they're saying. They don't want to. I'm sure the thing is it's easy pickings because, you know, you end up getting it, getting a uh, a show like Will and Grace, and bring it back, and everyone goes crazy. And Roseanne, wow. that one too. Which, by the way, the <laughs> latest on that is it looks like I. I had reported I was like oh when when the last time we talked about that I was like I don't think it's going to happen they're talking about potentially doing a spinoff without Roseanne that didn't lo- didn't look like it was going to happen now it might happen now we're closer to that actually happening so I don't care either way me either yeah I think <laughs> I think we're at this point whatever happens, exactly cool. it's like oh cool John like, Goodman's got a paycheck good for him he good for always him. had a paycheck um I still think he was great at, on a community as the he was. air conditioning yes. school uh, Dean. That would be nice to bring him back. Yeah. spin off with that. <laughs> Call Dan Harmon. Um, but no, they, they, they said they don't want to do these shows. I mean, there's been talk about, I mean, everyone went crazy because um, there was a, a, an interview on Ellen where they were like, Oh, maybe we bring back parks and recreation. Everyone's like, ah, they're going to bring it back. It's like, yeah, but literally the last episode dives like, decades into the future and shows you everyone's future.
1: That was a show you shouldn't bring back. Yeah, they, the way no. they ended that show was one of the best endings that you could have for a sitcom, I think, yeah. ever.
0: It's, it's bow-wrapped up. Yeah. Um, they're, they've been talking about bringing The Office back, which, I I me and you both love The Office, but those last seasons are unbearable. Like When they when
1: they uh, flop I mean, and all these other characters in. And, it becomes watchable once you run out of options and you're like just sick of <laughs> looking at the other episodes. Yeah, They're not bad. I mean, they are different. And they take it. Uh, they take a weird turn with Jim and yeah. Pam's relationship, and they shouldn't have done that. But yeah. I mean, it tried. It tried. There's, I'll give them credit for that.
0: I, I'll, I'll say there's not a lot of show like there's there's shows we kind of throw out there like oh they ran out of ideas. That's a show where they ran out of ideas. Yes. Like they were and and it, it's tonally it's just such a different show. And I and we've talked on here. We talked last time about the, you know, rest of development and bringing that back and and how it's like it just
1: feels different. I mean, people have aged and, and the tone is off. And- Although I will say this, I'm now rewatching season four with my girlfriend who's never seen it before. After watching season five and going back into season yeah. four. Season four is pretty good. It is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of back on it. Yeah. So I, I apologize for my, my <laughs> tirades going against it. And I apologize maybe, maybe to Mitch Maybe did this on purpose. Maybe he kind of shoved this in our faces. <laughs> oh, you
0: think it's bad? Hold my beer. Let me show you what's so bad. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, maybe sometimes it's like, all right, just lay it to rest. Like, you know, give us something different. I will say, and I'm just trying to shove a lot in here, but, um, I watched. I binged uh, Kimmy Schmidt. We talked about that last time, mm-hmm. and I can dive into it a little bit further next week when Jenna's back, because Jenna is a, a Kimmy Schmidt fan as well. She's a Schmitter. She's a Schmitter. Um, that show is a show that has not lost its tone. Really? It's. 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 I. I didn't realize how many seasons had gone by. They split this one again, like they did with the rest of development. But uh, and then I started going back and watching older episodes, and I'm like, this is very reminiscent of like. 30 rock. I think I've mentioned that before. Tonally, the show is very 30 rock esque, but, um, yeah, that show has not lost its edge. All the, the jokes are snappy. There's not a lost line in there. Um, they put her into different situations. I, I went back and started watching previous seasons again, and you realize every year they shake it up. You know, originally she's, you know, bunker girl and she gets a job as a nanny. Next season, they shake it up and she's doing a different job. And next season, they shake it up and she's doing something completely different. They've done that every season, but they haven't lost their edge. And they shake it up just enough where it's it's fresh, but not where it lost its personality. What
1: job does she have now?
0: Um, she works for a tech company as an HR person or something. They're never really clear on it.
1: That is actually pretty funny to have um, her
0: have that job. Yeah. And then she makes people feel uncomfortable because she wants, she has to fire someone and she wants them to like her. But instead, like she drops her pants in front of him and rubs his back. Nice. Um, yeah, I never watched
1: Kimmy Schmidt, but I have to, I have to jump in on that. So we can talk about it next week.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you like, if you like 30 Rock, it is the same tone as 30 Rock. And I guess my point where I was going with that is, don't bring the office back. Just get Michael Schur and the rest of the writers back in a room together yeah. and, and come up with something new, which they do a lot. Yeah, but like, I mean, they did it with Brooklyn Nine Nine, right? Yeah, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine was was one of his things. Um, you know, Mindy uh, Kaling had the, Mindy, the Kaling had the Mindy project, which mm-hmm. she uh, which is uh, over now, right? Yes. Um, but bring her back and, and like like do a show with her and have be writers and not actors on it and set up the new.
1: Version of the office. Something there's um, a pilot actually that Mike Schur's got. I think it's at NBC with the girl, uh, and I think Natalie was her name. The one who winds up with Tom at the end of Parks and Rec. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's okay. a pilot with her that that Mike Sure created. That that got a series, not a series, but a pilot order. That coming really? to NBC, so that could be a new one. Yeah, but that's Never what I,
0: you know what's it's funny is like that's that's what I mean is like you know we want more like that. I, I get it where executives are saying that oh yeah we don't we don't want to reboot things. Great, but stop doing that yeah. like you know we're always going to watch uh, the office on netflix as long as they have that the day that goes off is a day a lot of xanax prescriptions get mm-hmm. renewed and, and we go back to using that instead mm-hmm. um but you know the good place is on nbc too and that's a michael sure thing and it takes some time to get into it and they're all going to be different but yeah i i think i'm, I'm more for like Giving these producers and writers Some more runway and letting them do something new And stop trying to retread old things Hell yes, Those random yeah. let's write them letters We'll end on that note um, We'll be back next week with more of This Week in Pop More stuff, bye, bye.